Hey, Alan. Yeah, so listen, I, I think the main uh, change um, and benefit of having a spokesperson like this is highlighting the potential of our coastal communities. Um, I think we'd all agree, and most people who, who live uh, in coastal areas would agree that Obviously, we, we love living there. We love being part of a coastal community. But the potential is, is completely untapped. Um, and when I talk about potential, there's a whole range of activities, possible economic development that we can garner from uh, proper investment in coastal communities. The most simple, I suppose, and basic and easy to understand would be just developing our piers and slipways. Um, and like if you take Clare for an example, you've got an absolutely stunning county there very coastal in nature, uh, so it makes sense that, uh, so as Councillor Clay Murphy was the, 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 the driver of uh, this campaign, but places like Kil- Kilkee and Seafield and Liscanner and Doolin, you know, all stunning coastal spots, but you can imagine how much better they could be with proper investment and it's the same here in my own county in Cork we have these uh, beautiful coastal villages, little inlets with piers and harbours, but um, as many of the, the piers and slipways that I'm thinking about have, have become dilapidated, they've They've gone into a state of disrepair. Some have become unsafe. Uh, and that's just a kind of a basic example, but it's, it's much, much more than that. Um, but if we could start there and you could see a hive of activity, like marine activities, obviously fishing, um, whether it's inshore or bigger boats, is the big one. And there's a big economic benefit from supporting that. But then you have the tourism-related marine activities like boating and, and sailing and, you know, kayaking. So something as simple as kayaking and have, having safe access to the water. So it, it, it's the range of, of issues facing coastal communities are vast. They're, they're, they're big. So it's a really, it, it's daunting in that way. But also, I think, um, Alan, when, when, when you're passionate about an issue and, and, and when you're a spokesperson for an issue that you're passionate about, it becomes a lot easier to kind of dive headfirst into um, trying to promote coastal communities and promote really the investment and, and infrastructure that they need. They need a, a dedicated funding pot uh, for things like um, infrastructure and just, you know, it's much more than that. Coastal erosion is becoming a big issue, especially along the Clare Coast and, and the Cork Coast. Um, and also something simple, there, there, there's groups out there who just simply can't get access to a coast. They may have um, physical disabilities, for example, and we need beach access. So, you know, I, I, I could go on, Alan, but, well, you know... I don't, but I would just I, wonder, uh, Christopher, will there be a sufficient level of money there? Look, well, we know all about the budget surpluses and so on, but Ministers McGrath and Donoghue have uh, urged caution in terms of having to leave money aside in some sort of sovereign wealth fund. Uh, you know, the coastal tourism, coastal infrastructure, fishing, all needs investment. I'm sure most coastal communities, certainly in Clare, would say they're look they're crying out for investment. Then on top of that, you mentioned the the erosion, our sea level is on track to rise by at least a metre by the year 2100 because of the pace of, of global warming. And so many areas in Clare have been uh, flagged up in the National Coastal Change Management Strategy that are at high risk. Milltown, Malbay, Lahinch, Ballyvon, Clonlara, Ennis, Newmarket, Kilkey. Is there, well, you know, you can go to uh, the government and look for money for all of this, but do you think there'll be enough um, spare change left uh, somewhere to uh, that they will release to address all of these issues? Well, there'll have to be, look, and there has already been an increase in funding. Um, we Brexit really impacted coastal communities from a fishing point of view and, and some loss of quota, but the idea was that that would be offset by this uh, Balami funding, the, the um, Brexit um, local authority fund that was put into piers and harbours. There's about 164 projects uh, to the tune of 55 million that have been funded through that. So that was one access, but you're you're absolutely right, Alan. I mean, for years, and, and Killian will attest to this, and in my years as a county councillor, we, we had dedicated coastal committees, for example, but we were 
fighting for scraps in terms of funding. You might get two or three projects and it might be installing a pontoon or, or, or repairing a, a slipway. We, we need far more than that. We need a dedicated funding pot. Now, you mentioned coastal erosion. And as we know, in, in budget 2024, there was a three billion fund set up for environmental projects and coastal erosion must come under that because there are so many, um, it's not just beaches and dune systems and, and golf courses, to <laughs> the very famous uh, golf course in, in Clare that's threatened by coastal erosion, but it's, it's, it's not just that, it's, um, it's, it, you're talking homes, you're talking yeah. people's um, residents, you know, you're talking towns and villages, so, so that, that has been highlighted and that's part of this climate uh, resilience fund that government have set up and, and you know th- th- so that's important but okay. I, I suppose like what, what, what you're talking about is eventually I mean Minister McConnell in fairness to him he has a broad range of of, uh, of, of issues in terms of his, his, his agriculture his fishing his marine um, you know perhaps a dedicated junior minister would, would secure a funding pot uh, but yeah absolutely you're, you're dead right it's going to be a challenge Okay uh, let's bring in Killian at this point and Killian this is something as Christopher uh, mentioned that you were the driver of uh, a coastal community spokesperson and I suppose coastal communities in Clare and elsewhere have kind of fallen between the cracks when it comes to government policy definitely not urban but maybe not seen as as, as rural either and that, yeah, morning, Christopher and Alan. Um, yeah, look, I, I suppose that this is something that's been born out of frustration on, on, on my part of trying to get things done or seeing where there are issues in the coastal community where I live and then trying to get some traction with regards to um, getting those issues resolved and finding that there is, you know, that there is no real pathway for us. Um, and then I go off to councillor training events and you'd meet councillors from other coastal communities and discover that they are having the exact same issues with exactly the same challenges around getting um, traction to resolve those issues. So to me, uh, you know, coastal communities by their nature in, 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 in a major part are quite depopulated, quite isolated uh, and, and struggle, I suppose, to get a voice heard at the table. And, and I suppose where I started to come from, and, and, and I do come from my dad to look to co-op, uh, fishing co-op and carry gold, so I do come from that sort of thinking um, to say, well, maybe we need to join, need to join up together. Um, and some of the, like, you know, there are some real challenges and opportunities we're facing here. And, and I mean, to have a, a go-to person like Christopher, where we can all say, yes, this is a problem for 35 coastal communities around the coast of the country and have a single person who can take that we can collate the information and start making a case to government with regards to addressing that. Housing, massive problem. Short-term lets, massive problem. There's no affordable housing scheme for coastal communities. Um, you know, and even if we look at other goals, government policy, we have a very significant piece of policy document called Our Rural Future. It deals with rural communities. Inside there, there are snippets for coastal communities. But to me, where I see the challenge and where I see the benefit for the local communities I represent are, is a national document of our coastal future. So what does that look like? And how do you get traction around that? And to me, the, the, what kind of drove me here was to say, okay, we need to get the party I belong to to take this seriously. They have done so. Uh, Michael Martin has appointed Christopher as a spokesperson for exactly these issues that's the very good starting point and, and you know to me that's where we need to go we're on the right path but as they say it's not the end of the journey it's just the start of it yeah. 
And then Christopher, have you any plans with regards to renewable energy and how do you expect the coastline or coastal area communities in relation to using our coast to generate renewable energy such as hydro or wind energy and bring the benefits to the local communities then in terms of jobs and so on? Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you, you, you brought that up. Uh, I mean, we have uh, really eye-watering targets in terms of uh, our targets for renewable energy generated off our coast. A lot of that would be offshore. Uh, you know, luckily, well, I think luckily for the Clare area, one of the, the, the key areas is the, the Shannon Estuary uh, being used as a hub for um, uh, renewable energy and for the floating offshore wind sector. But it's really, really important that that funding or the benefits that we see from that aren't, for example, focused in, in the urban areas like, like Limerick, you know, and, and absolutely nothing against uh, Limerick flourishing from that. But we have to see those small, smaller piers and harbours, uh, like the ones I mentioned earlier along the Clare Coast and along the Cork Coast for that matter, and, and even, even uh, Kerry. Um, we have to see them benefit from that in terms, in terms of being used as, as hubs, as being used as, um, you know, access points maybe for, for servicing these uh, offshore wind farms, wind farms, and that would then see investment coming from what is a multi, multi-billion euro sector um, going into our coastal community. We can't see that um, just going back to multinationals um, and, and going over the world. We have to see it benefit our coastal communities. And in fairness, what I really like about, about Killian's approach there is that he's not just talking, you know, I've been very focused on those piers and harbours and beaches, but he's talking about general coastal life, uh, and, and that's really good. He's talking about housing, and as we know, uh, affordability of housing in coastal areas, especially our really scenic spots, is, is, is a big, big issue. So he's thinking bigger picture, and that's what I like about it. And what I also like about the approach that, that he's taken is that, yes, I've been appointed Fianna Fáil spokesperson uh, for coastal communities, but I think he's, he's, he's not encouraging any political divide there. He's talking about any local representatives from any um, uh, political uh, party or no political party being able to use, I suppose, this office as, a, as some type of yeah. liaison with government, which I think is, is a very mature approach, you know. Okay. I, I, we only have a few seconds left, Killian, but I just want to quickly ask you before we finish. I mean, uh, you, you were the driver of this, lobbying internally within your own party with the Taunton and so on to, to get the coastal community spokesperson role to, to come to fruition. Uh, are you getting a bit of a taste for national politics? <laughs> Alan, with the You're not going to leave us behind, are you? Not in the chance in the world. Uh, all I can tell you is I have zero interest. I, I absolutely want to be leaving national politics to the young lads like Christopher there who are a good bit younger than me. I have no interest whatsoever. My own view here is I, I love living in West Clare. I have no interest, no interest whatsoever in heading up and down to Dublin a couple of times a week. Uh, so, no, no, no. Thanks for the ask, but uh, not in a million years. You couldn't give it to me. Uh, there's no money in the world that would entice me to do that job. <laughs>